You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. As always, thank you for being with us on First and Pod. Every team, every game, every week coming to you after an old-fashioned, passionate beatdown. Three-score win. Niners over the Giants. Pony, I mean... Pick a number, right? Like, I mean, so there's a few minutes left in the game as we're starting this. 137 passing yards for Daniel Jones, nearly two to one time of possession edge for the Niners, uh, basically three to one total yardage edge. Niners over Giants, uh, 29 rushing yards for the Giants, 25 first downs for the Niners against just 10 for the Giants. Uh, Niners converted 50% of the third downs uh, attempt in this game, just over that. I mean, this was, this was varsity VJV tonight. Yeah. I just watch Purdy and I get so, uh, I get so mad because I just feel like the guy's got an absolute horseshoe up his ass and he's good. He's pretty, he's, he's better than I thought he was. The touchdown but pass to uh, the touchdown Debo pass to Samuel was pretty. Was very, very was was very impressive. What about the one to Bell, the left pylon? That, yeah, that was good too. Um, but yeah, I felt both, like he, both I, of his touchdown passes were high yeah. degree of difficulty throws. I know, but I felt I felt like he could have thrown three interceptions in the first half. I agree. He was leading guys into double double coverage. He so, almost got a receiver killed. Yeah, and so you know the Giants with Martindale are just going to send the house on every play, and I thought they got to him a little bit there. But whenever the protection was good, he made throws and he made plays. And then on the flip side, it's Daniel Jones. And it's hard to have empathy for a guy making that kind of money. But his offensive line was absolutely awful in this game. Darren Waller might be the most overrated player. Like, that guy stinks. What a terrible trade. I called that on this podcast. I hated that move. And again, he he was was a fantasy darling this year. Brutal. 
that last interception by Jones was Waller's fault. It went off his hands and then his chest. And I love that Herb Street gave him crap for it. But with Barkley out, I mean, the, the offensive line problems, yeah, it was all on Daniel Jones, and that's fine against the Cardinals, but it's not against a team as stacked as the 49ers. So business-like, workman-like win by the Niners, although the only thing I'll say about that game from a negative standpoint from San Francisco, they should have something in place like they do in other sports where if a dude throws a punch and the refs miss it, Somebody upstairs should buzz down and say, throw the guy out of the game. Trent Williams should not have been allowed to play in the second half of this football game. I'm surprised that's your take as someone who's thrown a punch or two in his day. No, it's someone I've, It's someone who's taken a lot of punches who's saying that. I've been on the receiving end, so that's why I empathize with the dude who got clocked in the face by a gigantic man in yeah. this game. Uh, crazy miss. And it, and I agree with you. If you're going to have replay, it feels like the type of thing that should be buzzed down from from the tower, so to speak, called in, called in uh, from New York. And it has to, and it drove Dable insane. Like, how many refs are there on a football field? Two side judges, like line judge, back judge, referee. It reminds me of pro. It reminds me of pro wrestling. Like the ref gets knocked out in the match, and then some yeah. bad guy hits a dude with a steel chair and wins. Like this is not this is not sports entertainment. This is real life, and if we're gonna act tough about player safety, uh, we should not allow for guys to get punched in the face and just say, "Well, the refs missed it. Let's move on." Nothing gets missed. We've got replay and cameras everywhere, and people upstairs who are in charge of of seeing those things and disciplining those things. Do you think it makes his punishment worse? Because he wasn't thrown out of the game, no, he won't like, get suspended. It, right? It's not, I don't. It's not. He'll just find a lot of money, but he makes so much money. Trent Williams, he probably doesn't give a shit. No, I'm not saying he cares about the money, but I, I, I do wonder. I, I'd be surprised if suspension came into play. But I wonder if they factor in that he should have had like a de facto, you know, suspension for this game, uh, and they throw it at him for the next. I don't think so, but maybe they have a way to up the fine. But I think that that is actually like tiered. And negotiated for first offense, second offense, and stuff like that uh, from the NFLPA. But I don't have much more to say about yeah, this game. Because the Niners did what they were supposed to do in this game. Exactly. It was a short week against an undermanned Giants team without two of their best offensive players, their best offensive linemen, and their best running back. And they just took care of business. Ask me the first question. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting all day for this, actually. All right, we're going to start with Bears and Chiefs. You're going to be at this game. Selfishly, we're starting with the two games we're flying to. But I actually think they're big games. One is uh, a, a late afternoon game that most of America is going to get, and then the other is the Sunday night game. So Bears, Chiefs, Danny, you'll be there. What's going on in Chicago? Everything. Pure chaos. Now, the Bears are projecting calm. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Poles came out today, the general manager of the team, and he met the media. And I give him credit for that because a lot of GMs, including Chicago GMs, don't speak in season. Ryan Pace never spoke in season. Steelers Didn't... GM doesn't. Yeah. Right. Most don't. They say they don't want to undermine the head coach. What happens in Dallas with Jerry Jones having a post-game press conference and a radio show is very, very rare. Ryan polls a few times when there have been crisis moments. Uh, Roquan Smith's holdout was a prominent example. 
he will speak when he feels like the questions that are being asked of his head coach are not fair. And he said, we're in a storm. And he tried to speak some truth to what was going on, his version of the truth. But on my show yesterday, Justin Fields, earlier in the day, had invoked the word coaching as to why he was playing too robotic, then felt like he had gotten taken out of context, then called a second press conference at his locker room to call out the media and say that the media is trying to tear the team apart and that it is on him to play better and not the coaches. And that didn't lead the show because the defensive coordinator resigned in disgrace who the head coach had brought over from Indianapolis. They have a long relationship, and the team released a 12-word statement. Allen Williams resigned as defensive coordinator of the Bears this afternoon. He released a statement that the Bears passed out on 8.5 by 11 printed out paper, no Bears letterhead, that was his statement saying, I respect the Bears, the McCaskey family, Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, the city of Chicago, and the NFL Shield. This is a health matter and a family matter, and I will coach again. And no one on the Bears has been willing to say, our thoughts and prayers are with the Williams family. We will welcome him back with open arms. So what happened? No one knows. No No one knows? No one is saying. People know. They're not saying. Pony, today... Does the media uh, know? No, the media doesn't know. Dude, we're all working on it. The rumors that were out there was that how dude, the general manager had to say Hallis Hall wasn't rated by the FBI. That was said today into the camera. It's been a weird 48 hours. Um, and here's where I'm at on it. Here's my working theory. Way too many people, mainly Ryan Poles and Alan Williams' attorney that he retained for all of the false, what he says are false rumors that were going out around the internet. They're going very hard that no law enforcement has been involved in this. This is not a legal matter. But the, but if he had a health issue, you take a leave of absence, you don't give up your health insurance, you use the resources that the Bears yeah. have at their disposal, right? Yeah. And there would be sympathy or empathy in their statements. Yeah, you take a leave of absence. Right. So my working theory is scandal and health is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Some sort of addiction that is embarrassing that came into the workplace that is upsetting his his family life and he's quitting his job in order to save his family and deal with his issue, right? Like, now that is pure speculation, but... Nothing else really makes sense because I don't think a lawyer would tell every media outlet in the world, including my show, this is not a legal issue. Law enforcement has not been involved in any way. 911 call would be leaked. A police report would be leaked. There's like too much of a paper trail. Now, maybe they're hiding behind the technicality of there's not a legal issue yet. But I think that there is a scandal here. The Bears are clearly distancing themselves from Allen Williams. The story is clearly not over, but this is a massive distraction. And oh yeah, how by about the, way, the quarterback though? How well, about him? Well, right. Oh yeah, by the way, their left tackle is on IR. They're going to Arrowhead, and Justin Fields has said, "F it, I'm going to play my game." 
Like I like that. Me too. He's taking agency and ownership over the failure of the first two weeks. And if he's going to go down, he's going to go down his way. He's basically like, you know, play by play by play broadcasters. We both know a ton of them. They say they got their big chart and they do all this prep. And then they end up probably using 20% of it because the game has to happen and they just have to go. I think what fields is going to do is study his ass off during the week and then just go play and try to really not think when he gets out there at Arrowhead. And I expect him to be better in week three in the toughest environment you can have in football against one of the best teams in football. It's not going to be enough to win. I don't even think it's going to be enough to cover, but I do think he will play by far his best game of the year. He took, he, he displayed a tremendous amount of agency. I thought this week. Even with a second press conference to pin it on you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, here, here's the thing, Dan Wiederer, and he copped to this. Um, he's the Bears beat reporter for the Tribune. He sent out a tweet that was, I mean, I can I can pull it up and read it to you, but like he editorialized, he was like, Wow, Justin Fields just pulled the pin on the grenade and rolled it into the room. Why he is playing so robotic, quote, coaching, end quote. And that's not what he said. It was could be coaching, and it was a 90-second answer. And it was a 12-minute press conference. And at mm-hmm. one point, he said, listen, this is more on me than the coaches. But he was basically saying he gets inundated with information. Where do you get your information? From the coaches. And that was giving him a cloudy mind. So, listen, he it's a, it's a rule of leadership, right? You point a thumb, not a finger. He messed up by invoking coaching. I do think that he is upset with some of the coaching. Like, I think there's validity to it. But... Dan Weeder's tweet that did not have the full context behind it, as of last check, has nearly 6 million views. When an hour and a half later, he tweeted out the full quote, it had like 30,000 views. You know what I mean? So yeah. the internet aggregated one word, coaching, end quote, and all hell broke loose. So it, it's been a it, – it was a month in a day, man. And – distraction right you know enough football coaches it's like the thing they hate worse than injuries so I am I was almost I was like looking forward to the tailgate and going out to dinner with my wife after the game but I was kind of dreading the three hours of the actual football now I think it's the most compelling game of the week by far so I can't that's why I put it first no I know thank you for complimenting my sense for what the biggest story well, is here in the well, NFL. But also, also, Chiefs offense hasn't scored more than 21 yet. Bears defense has allowed Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield to convert 55% of their third downs. They have one sack in two games and no takeaways. They're going to, Pat Mahomes is going to have four seconds, four and a half seconds to throw every single time he drops back. If the Chiefs don't hang 27, 30 at least on the Bears, I think we'll start to have some questions that are legitimate about what's wrong with the Chiefs offense. So I think this game is compelling from a number of levels. All right, the game you're going to. You're flying to Vegas to not do a show, to get hammered at Circa. I am doing a show there on Saturday. That has been changed. Okay, oh, okay. so don't make it sound like I'm out there willy-nilly. There will be a show, and there will How be How long is that show going to be? Two hours. Okay. And there will be me in the press box Sunday. All right. For Steelers Raiders. Where did you see that odds makers had Kenny Pickett 
as the choice to be the first quarterback benched and could it happen? But first I want to know your source on this. Bet online. Yeah. These places just put this stuff out for conversation and, and then it, it worked. It got me here. It But I know, but you can't even take action on these bets. You can't? Where who has a bet online account? I don't. I use FanDuel. Oh, yeah, right. I'm a Rivers guy, but do you know a single person in the world? Like they don't take actual action. I don't. <laughs> I know, but I got an email on it. And just I, I was. And, and and how many hours of your show did you do on it? Very little, because here the offensive coordinator is the huge story, oh, and that's okay. what I wanted to use this as a way. Okay. So the 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 quarterback benching thing, they can't do it. Okay. So let me just let me just put that out there for as bad worst QBR in the league right now, Pickett. It, by some measures, worse than Justin Fields. Um, getting less attention, though. Uh, they won in spite of their offense. They had minus yards in the fourth quarter Monday night, and they won the football game. I mean, I don't think that that had happened before. In the it just If that had happened in the 104-year history of the NFL, I need to see the examples. You trail, you have negative yards, you win the game in the fourth quarter. Um, no, the quarterback can't get benched, Danny, because your alternative is Mitch Trubisky. And if you bench Kenny Pickett, you're effectively saying we're throwing in the towel on this guy to go to someone who best case scenario might get us to like mediocrity. Okay. Mike Tomlin, we know cherishes his uh, run of never having a losing season, but you can't, he, he drafted Kenny Pickett. He has to take ownership over Kenny Pickett. So he can't, he can't abandon the guy right now. He's not a young quarterback either. This is not a guy that left school early at 21 years old. Okay. He's older He's the same age as Justin Herbert. He's he's older than Tua. So you can't do that. Uh, that's the first thing. The other one is I've never seen, and we've been in fishbowls. We know this doing local sports talk. Offensive coordinators get hammered all the time. It's, it's actually one of my favorite things to do. Todd Haley hated my guts for it because him and Ben Roethlisberger didn't get along and I picked a side. It was Ben. I took the Hall of Famer over a guy who, I could get into some personal things, but I won't because I'm kind of tempted to do it right now, but I'm not going to go there. You're um, sober. Good for you. Yes. Uh, some other people may not have been in the stories that I, I'm privy to. But anyways, we do that. That's what sports talkers do. They hammer offensive coordinators. It's risen to a point where nationally it's a story. When you have Colin Coward and Stephen A. Smith ripping an offensive coordinator who's never been an NFL head coach before, and is a fairly anonymous figure, it's like, damn, this dude must be really bad at his job. And he is. You know, you've got analytics people saying they've never seen an offensive coordinator this horrible who who telegraphs everything he does. Um, so that's the thing. Like this Tomlin situation where he's beloved because he's never had a losing season and looked at as a Hall of Famer shoeing, but he's employing right now the worst offensive coach in the entire league. And that's the story to this game. Tomlin came out and had to deal with 68,000 people Monday night screaming fire Canada near the end of the Steelers Browns game, a game they were winning by the way. And he had answered questions about that this week. And it's the closest I've ever seen him to saying publicly that his offensive coordinator puts them at a competitive disadvantage. Well, the question, uh, obviously you're the expert there and I won't say anything more like you didn't on the, on the bears thing, but it does beg the question of who will be the first quarterback benched. I don't know the rest of the odds. I would guess, I mean, does Zach Wilson even count? But I would guess Tannehill. Tannehill, I think, was second or third, yeah. 
Right. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know if Zach Wilson would count given that he's already, you know, a replacement quarterback. But uh, I mean, Tannehill was obviously better in week two because you could not be worse than he was in week one. And they have Levis and Malik Willis there. So I would I would think that Tannehill would be a pretty strong candidate uh, for that one. Next game. Patriots Jets. Now, this is a crazy stat. New York has lost 14 in a row to New England. Will it get to 15 on Sunday? Yes. I think that while the Jets defense is very good, the Patriots defense might be better. I think the Patriots defense is excellent. And we know Belichick hates the Jets. They have the worst quarterback in the game in Zach Wilson. Mac Jones doesn't have any weapons, but he has, this is weird, impressed me like he's been way better he's not been good let me bend over and pick up that bar that's on the floor that you're saying that mac jones is clearing with that comment i i know i know and i understand that philly's past defense has been bad and some of it was like he came back when they were playing prevent and they were up multiple scores and I, i understand all of it i thought he was straight up unplayable And I no longer think that. And I would be interested in seeing what Mac Jones would look like with weapons around him or like in an alternate universe where the Niners did what they initially had planned to do and traded up for Mac Jones. Does anyone think he's not capable of doing what Brock Purdy is doing? My answer to that is no. Like, I don't think Brock Purdy is better than Mac Jones. Like, if he was in a great situation. So, I think they've got the better quarterback, the better coach, and arguably the better defense. So, I think the Patriots will win this game. I think they will, too. I think they have to. I think if they lose, it's going to feel like the Belichick experiment has reached, I think, its end. That I, I, think, I, I honestly think it's, it would be that severe of a loss if New England were to lose to the Jets. Because everything you hold sacred and holy in New England, okay, we're dominant over this team. It would not be the excuse of the other team is Tua and the other team is stacked. Like, we've played two stacked rosters the last two weeks. The Jets have a really good defense and good position and good skill position players, but they have probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, just Zach Wilson is putrid. He's terrible. He's... He, nothing's changed all this mentorship and apprenticeships crap about him working under Aaron Rodgers. He looked like the same Zach Wilson to me in that game against the against Dallas. You're Bill Belichick. Have your defense look like the Cowboys defense from last week. That's why you're the highest paid coach in the entire NFL. So huge moment here for him. And you know, is, is Robert solid? Does Robert Sala get a free pass this year now because of what happened? If the Jets go 5-12, and 12, is he allowed to say, well, it's Zach Wilson's fault? Look at the situation I got put in. I get Aaron Rodgers back next year. I've been thinking about that a lot. Is it just a complete free pass season for everybody in New York? Probably. Probably. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see how ugly it gets. And they are 1-1. One and one. They didn't win the opener. So, you know. Yeah, I, he 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 get he gets a he they gets beat a, the Bills. They beat the Bills last year too, though. 
and still felt like their young quarterback was someone that was. Oh wait a minute! But I'm just saying this isn't. That's not a defensive of Zach Wilson. It's just it's not completely over of having a respectable season for the Jets. That's not that's not off the table. Uh, really? You mentioned the Cowboys. Hold on a second. You do think you think a respectable season is still in play for them? Yeah. What's I mean, considered respectable? Seven or eight wins. Okay. Wow. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they were supposed to win twelve with Rodgers, and now they don't have Rodgers. You don't think that they could win seven or eight games with that defense? I I don't. I, this is not San Francisco or L.A. or Miami where they have the offensive coaches that can get the quarterback to play at a competent level to make everything else around him function properly. I think they're going to play a lot of teams with, that are a lot worse than the Cowboys and they'll, they'll look better than they did last week. But well, we you're gotta, picking them to lose at home to new England, Danny, where are the wins going to come from? If they don't, if, if you're saying they're not going to win this game. I understand that I am picking It's, I mean, it's a two and a half point spread. I could be wrong and we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Um, I mean, I mean, okay. How many, what do you think their over under should be for wins right now? Six. And you'd go under probably I'd go over uh, Cowboys and Cardinals, the digs injury. How does that change things for Dallas? Big picture. I mean, massively. He's a $90 million defensive player. He had, He's an interception this year. He had three last year. He had 11 the year before. Like, yeah, he can give up some some big plays, but they have arguably the best pass rush in football. So quarterbacks have to throw it sooner than they want. And there's no corner in the NFL who's got better ball skills right now. So he's a turnover machine who's perfect for that defense. So it's massive. Point blank. Can they still win a Super Bowl? No, they can't. I didn't. I didn't trust them to win one, anyways, or before. So how can I look I the other way and ignore I, this? I, I, listen, now. I, I I tend to agree with you, and I love the firm, quick no. But man, there aren't that many impressive teams in the NFL right now. I thought last week you were saying the NFC, we need to start giving it more credit. There's more good teams than we thought. And now you're more just good, saying more, the cre- NFL. more credit than we thought. I think we thought that there were two and a half. How many teams have played well? San Francisco, Dallas, Miami. Well, that, but there aren't, there usually aren't that many quote dominant teams. Those for two games, those have been the dominant teams in the NFL, but, Look at who the Cowboys did it against. Okay, all I'm saying is, if if it ends up being that they're a cornerback away, you don't think it's possible that Jerry Jones trades a second-round pick? For who? I mean, how about Jalen Johnson? If the Bears thing falls off the rails, and he's an expiring contract at the end of the year. Just to throw out a local name, who's a yeah, he's not as good as he's not as good as Diggs, but he's better than no, whoever's going to take his spot right now. Yeah, he's very good. He's a number one corner, you know. So I just, I, I'm just saying, if they are, if they're going to score thirty a game and have the best pass rushing duo in the league, 
I can't in Philly doesn't look great and San Francisco has Brock Purdy. I can't rule it out. They're you, not, so, they're something, not has, the something has happened to you because before the season started, it was, I, I don't really care. It's Mike McCarthy as their coach. Now they lose one of their best players and you're like, the Super Bowl is still in play because they Dude, beat the Jets and Giants. Obviously, I would not bet them to do it. And I think I said last week, McCarthy isn't, Dak is not throwing 24 times a game. He had what, 37 pass attempts last week? They're, they're scoring a ton of points and So throwing. you are using this podcast as a way of now standing out for Mike McCarthy. You are now a pro this is Mike not McCarthy a standing, guy. It's, it's been two games against the Giants and Jets. Exactly. Just, That's why you shouldn't change your mind and say they can win a Super Bowl. Stop. How, okay. Name the teams who can win a Super Bowl. There's probably like eight. Name them. Name them right now? Yeah. Okay, 49. Uh, I don't even want to say 49ers because I. Okay, right. Right. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Because okay, you 49ers. You, on one of these pods, you've said that the that Brock Purdy can't win a Super Bowl. I have. So, you're right. So, oh, so, so you're, you're already flip flopping. Okay. Now you're throwing it back at me, damn it. All right. Yeah. So, so the Niners nor the Cowboys can win. So the Eagles are the only team in the NFC who can win the Super Bowl? Kind of feels that way to me right at the moment. Yeah. As okay, a matter that's, of fact. Okay, that's obviously ridiculous, but go on. Now there's seven teams in the AFC, apparently, that are better than Dallas. Go ahead. Okay, maybe my eight number was a little yeah. ambitious. I'm just saying, okay. you're, you're attacking me for some supposed flip-flopping or hypocrisy here, and then you say ridiculous things. We can, we, two, two can play this game, my friend. Two can play this game. Uh, Falcons and Lions. Can Falcons pass Lions as NFC's, quote, fun team with a win? I feel like this is very disrespectful to the Geno Smith Seahawks. Um, They're so last year. Okay. I I think the answer then has to be yes. Bijan is clearly going to have a viral highlight every week he's healthy. Um, They could be three and oh they have serious fantasy football implications they've got cool uniforms yeah yeah they have cool uniforms where is this coming from dude the falcons are cool the dirty bird early Deion sanders it's that they're they are a cool organization there are cool organizations and there are uncool organizations the Falcons are a cool organization. They were quarterbacked by Matt Ryan for more than a decade. He is the antithesis of cool. And before He's, that, they had Jamal Anderson doing the for dirty. one year. <laughs> They're cool. <laughs> I we can we can do a cool or not cool. Throw a team at me. I'll give you my first blush reaction. Cool or not cool. Falcons and are cool. The Falcons are cool. The Falcons right. are cool. My answer um, is yes. I liked your question. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we, I, you, you hate all my answers today. Well, I'm asking just, the questions going forward. Okay, fine. Uh, I said on the podcast after Sunday's games that I'm falling in love with the Falcons and I'm kicking myself for wanting to be a contrarian and just going against uh, the current of uh, love for them in the preseason because it just seemed like it was so overwhelming that a lot of smart people were on this team. 
I the only thing I'll say is I would be aware of this. I think they're at such an advantage right now because offensively they're so different from everybody else in the league. And so many teams have been designed defensively to stop teams that look more like the Lions offense and, and less like the Falcons. And I do think it's going to take probably about a month, month and a half for teams to adjust to them and figure them out and, 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 and see the tape of five or six games and come up with ways to slow them down and stop them. So I think right now the Falcons are at a huge advantage over teams. I, I think they're going to win this game outright. Oh, wow. See, I, I love do. Detroit in this game. It sounds like we should bet that we should hammer the over. Why, but but is Atlanta an over team? Atlanta's, but, but Atlanta's you're a low possession gonna, team. No, I know, but you're saying teams aren't going to be – Detroit, Detroit's defense is not looking very good. They yeah. have – they go 37 to Seattle. It's it's a don't it's a dome game, obviously. I think the like I think the Lions are legit. They beat the Chiefs in the openers, score 31 in a loss where they had a couple of Yeah, bad I think points. the game could go over. I mean, if you if you twisted my arm, I'd probably pick the over. It's not like my favorite total or bet of the week, but I don't mind that bet. I mean, 46 Man, seems a little bit low to me. I love the Lions minus three, though. So we're on opposite sides there. That'll be that'll be fun to talk. And we'll by have the way, to wait until after this game for you to flip flop on the Lions and now say that they went from your Super Bowl pick to a team that will be lucky to make the playoffs, like you've done with the Cowboys here. Well, I'm still waiting for a second team in the NFC who can win the Super Bowl, according to you. So. Yes. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and by the way, we should let our audience know that um, the week three reaction pod is coming after the Monday night doubleheader. Yes, Be- thank you for doing that. Because you're going to Sunday night football in Vegas, and I'm uh, flying out first thing Monday morning from Kansas City. So we're not going to do this on the road, and we're not going to make you – we're not going to record it two in the morning. after. So you'll you- get an extra bonus. You'll get reactions to Monday nights instead of previews. Yeah, so we're going to be we're going to be a day late. On the reaction uh, here. I, now, I will let you ask a lot of questions in a row, but we already have to change this next one because of the news from today that came out before I submitted the questions. And that's Panthers Seahawks. And so this was initially, it was a question about Bryce Young. And it was more about like performance and how he got taken out for a quarterback sneak. Now it's just legitimately about, again, his durability as a small guy because it's being reported by the team itself, that he's probably not going to play against Seattle and it's Andy Dalton in this game, Danny. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the question is still fair. It's just that the news, you know, maybe colors it a little bit different from when you sent the question this morning. How do you feel about Bryce Young? I mean, obviously, you're terrified. Terrified. You, you traded a bunch of draft capital and a top 20 receiver to draft an undersized guy who everyone said was going to be a question mark of holding up in the NFL. And two games in, he's missing time for Andy Dalton, and they're volunteering to take him out on plays where you want the quarterback to run. It's obviously not good. I will say that this is just my eye test. I can't say that I've watched every pass, but I've watched quite a few. I don't think he looks bad. He has no weapons. We knew that before the year. It's like, it looks like he needs DJ Moore, you know, like, mm. and they traded him away. We, we knew he did not have game changing weapons. To me, a big thing is your release time. He looks like a guy who will be able to snap, throw, get the ball out from the pocket and put it where it needs to be accurately. That's a very valuable thing. So I I don't think my eyes are telling me that he's for sure a failure, but his body might never let him get there. And who knows that's, about if they ever build around him. But my eyes tell me the passing yeah. is fine. That's what I that's what I would worry about. He's so small and their line has regressed from a year ago with the coaching change. And is he gonna take so many hits this year? And I don't even mean from a physical injury standpoint. Like, are all of those hits going to do some kind of psychological long-term damage? Sam Darnold, I'm seeing ghosts. David Carr in Houston type of situation here with Bryce Young. That's what I would be worried about. In this case, I think it's doubly bad because there is the very real threat that he's so tiny that he could also break from the hits. But I also would not dismiss the idea that it could do something. You get thrown in there. You get hit a lot. You don't like the feeling of getting hit. And how does that affect you going forward? Yeah, he got hurt in college, but it was at Alabama. Let's not act like, you know, he was Josh Allen at Wyoming where he was under siege all the time. Okay, like those quarterbacks are pretty insulated there. And that's why, like, I would be, you said scared to death, I think. I would agree with that as a Panthers fan. I don't think this is a good situation right now. The only thing that's good for Young is that even if it goes horribly wrong and it's terrible, the idea that he's the number one pick, they've gotten, they, they're committed to him long-term. Some of these yeah. other first-round picks, maybe that's not true of in today's NFL, but he's going to get all kinds of chances here next year, the year after, to be their quarterback. But they gave up. They didn't inherit the number one pick. They traded for it. So it's tougher to build a team around him right. on, a, on a rookie deal. Yep, 100% agree with that. You know what I mean? It's not like they – like I mean, their pick might they, – they, they go 4-13. and 13, All of a sudden, the Bears have the right to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., yep. who would help Bryce Young a lot, you know? So yep. they, it's just he needs to be a guy who elevates the talent around him because his receiver that they're going to draft – is going to be drafted with like the 36th pick in the draft, you know? So it's just, it's, it's going to be harder to get him to help quickly. Packers saints, which team has the higher upside this year? So I was hoping you would go and answer this question first. Cause I think your answer is the Packers. And I think that's so wrong. 
I think it's got to be the Saints. Because I think their defense... So now, now, instead of hating my takes when I give them, you're assigning me my take. Yes, and then, I am. And then refuting yep. it proactively. Yeah, because I you, know you so well. You've checkmated me, sir. Yeah, because it's... It's got to be the Saints here. And it's not just the, it's not an NFC South argument, in my opinion. It's not just saying the division. You believe in it's, their defense. I think their defense is great. You don't, defenses don't get you as much as they used to. But I also think that they'll get Kamara back off suspension following this game. Olave's been awesome this year. Thomas looks like he actually has a pulse. They, despite what seems to be like the worst cap situation in the entire league every year, I feel like they've actually built a pretty good team across the board, man. And we see with Derek Carr, some years he's like a top 12 quarterback. Other years, he's barely a top 25 quarterback. Maybe this is one of those years. I said to you on this podcast before the injury happened that I thought there was at least a chance Derek Carr had a better year than Aaron Rodgers. So I'd like to take credit for that right now because that was a clairvoyant opinion on my part. He is having a better season than Aaron Rodgers, and he does have a chance, I think, of winning at least one playoff game there this season. You should be very proud of yourself. Um, I would say the Packers. Who's the coach of the Saints? Yeah, that's I knew that was going to be the comeback. PFF thinks Jordan Love's overrated. PFF's got their grades out, and they're saying the six touchdowns and whatever else. Not impressive at all from Jordan Love. Take oh, your six oh. touchdowns and shove them right up your rear end. Okay. I mean, that's fine. But he didn't have Bakhtiari. He didn't have Elton Jenkins. Yep. He didn't have Aaron Jones. He didn't have Christian Watson. And he's looking pretty good. Pretty good. So um, I just think the coach is so much better. And by the way, we'll see what the pa- uh, the Packers' defense ends up being. I agree that it's likely that the Saints' defense is going to be better than them. But Packers got a lot of talent on their defense. So I think that the, the offensive ceiling for Green Bay is higher than it is in New Orleans. But you've always been a big Derek Carr guy. And by the way, it's sickening to me. I have no, in- I have no desire to say this, but... I, I think that the well, I think both the ceiling and the floor, frankly, are higher in, in Green Bay. Um man, now I don't even really care who goes first if you're gonna assign me my opinion. Broncos Dolphins. Have you, Andrew Filipponi, made the Dolphins the number one contender in the AFC? To Kansas City. Oh, to Kansas City. I, yes. I misread your question. I'm sorry. Like, okay, so Kansas City is obviously the champion. And who is the team that is right? Right. So, so it has been. It has been Cincinnati. People had wanted to make it Buffalo. You're basically saying, you know, who is the Phil Mickelson to Tiger Woods? That's what you're saying. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, this is an open shut case. I mean, this one is easy. I don't think you need Perry Mason on this one to litigate it for you. Like, I think it's easily Miami. Uh, I was less sure about that when the season started. I kind of had them as maybe like the sixth or seventh seed in the AFC, but uh, some of these teams have dropped like flies, the calf injury for Joe Burrow, Uh, Jacksonville. We'll get to them. They're going to take advantage of a really weak division. The chargers are Owen two. the Ravens would be the other team, but I would feel, I I feel better about the dolphins 
than I do the Ravens just because of, hey, both quarterbacks have injury risks, no doubt about it. But I like the cast of characters and the weapons in Miami. They haven't been beset by the injuries Baltimore has. So, yeah, I would say the Dolphins right now would be the team with the best shot. Yeah, I think that, I think you're right. I do think it's a pretty open and shut case. Um, do you think this will be the most teased game maybe of the year? I feel like every teaser in the world is going to just say, yeah, the Dolphins are going to win. Of course. They're at home, South Florida humidity in Tampa, no belief in Russell Wilson. Take it from six and a half down to they just have to win the game. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if like 90% of teasers placed, you're going to Circa this weekend. If like 90% of teasers placed at Circa. That's a great point, dude. Was the Dolphins down to zero. Like, and I know it's like every, every six and a half point line gets teased, but this is just like narrative, fantasy, team that the public loves against team that the public hates. Across the key number, they just have to win. I feel like literally every teaser that anybody bets is going to be Miami. Well, I've been hating most of your opinions, but I think this is a brilliant one. Thank you. On your part. And now that you've said that, it scares me. And I'm beginning to regret what I just said about the Dolphins because that makes me feel like the Broncos are going to pull off some like ridiculous upset where their defense forces like five turnovers Russ makes a couple of big throws late and they win the game like 23 to 20 or something like that. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, I, I'm like, God, I feel like everyone in the world, uh, it, it's a tricky survivor week because there are so many options. Correct. There's, you, yep. There's a lot of teams that are six point or more favorites. Um, uh, I have labeled bills commanders as my quote, Andrew Filipponi sneaky big game of this weekend. Thoughts. Uh, I feel like it is bigger for Buffalo than Washington because of expectations. Washington came into the year with nobody thinking they could win their division and the majority of people thinking that they were more likely to get a top 10 pick than contend for a wild card, even though I was in the uh, group of people who thought they could contend for a wild card. So I don't think there's a a ton of pressure on them and if they lose a non-conference AFC game to a team that people thought was great, nothing should really change for their prospects of making a wild card or being the seventh seed in the NFC. But if the Bills lose as a touchdown favorite in Washington, we have to stop talking about them as a contender until further notice. So I think it's a significant, and obviously it's normally a bigger game for the favorite, than the underdog, but I think it is significantly bigger uh, for Buffalo than Washington. See, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't think anything that you said there was like that um, ir- ir- irrational or illogical to me. Like most of what you said there, oh, I think thanks, buddy. you're welcome. Like some of that, I'm like, okay, like Danny's onto something. I'm just surprised in the spiel that you just had. You didn't allow for the possibility of like what the narrative or what the conversation will sound like around Washington if they win. It was more about if the commanders win, what it means to Buffalo. If they win, they become one of the biggest stories in the NFL. They'd be undefeated 
It, it would remind me in a way of when Miami beat Buffalo early in the season last year. And even though Buffalo was not held in the same regard as they were at this time last year, the commanders would be one of these teams where, okay, do we need to collectively as a football society reevaluate who they are? After are beating they, Arizona and Denver? After beating Buffalo, I'm saying. No, I know, but like the, almost collapsing, you know, the the against the Broncos and beating a team that everyone thought was tanking and then beating a team that people would just say, oh, all the smoke was that there's something really wrong with Buffalo. Clearly, we were right. Let's wait till Washington plays a good team. Like if Washington, you beats- don't think they'd get credit for beating a good team with the Bills? I mean, I've been, I've you been an ass on 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 Monday on Get Up, the old class. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the whatever the Get Up standard here. The oh no, Mike okay, Greenberg bar. No, I, I get what you're saying. No, no, the, the, use the first thing pod bar. What's the bigger story? The team that won or the team that lost? Well, in this one, it would probably be. Well, I don't know, Danny. Like it would be the team that lost. You don't think we'd say, "Do we have to start taking the commander seriously?" If we would, we game? would after we said, "Eh, Buffalo, biggest frauds in the NFL, worst start." In, you know what I mean? It would be more about Buffalo. I don't know, man. If 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 Howell were to outgun Josh Allen. After what Allen did last week to remind people that he still is an elite quarterback, he completed like 13 passes in a row. If Howell and and, and what is still regarded as a good defense, if they scored like 30 points and won the game, they're the story. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to disagree with you on that. You don't have to apologize, buddy. And, And by the way, the disagreement probably proves the point that it's a sneaky big game for the weekend. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I'm going to take Washington outright. I'm going to get on your team's bandwagon here. I'm going to get on your level. Good for you. I hope, listen, I hope they win. will make me feel very smart. I like, I I think they're plucky, but, uh, yeah, I, I still think that the, the narrative would be about Buffalo. At Evernorth health services. We believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. This is like sports sad, right? Titans Browns. What was your take on the Nick Chubb injury? What do you think about Cleveland and Kareem Hunt and what they're doing to replace him? Uh, I think the Brown season effectively ended when he was carted off the field. 
And it's one of the rare players in the NFL. It's one of the, one of the few running backs. Derrick Henry would be another one of these guys that even though the Browns on paper have such a good roster, he's their best. He, he's their guy. He's their dude. He is so uh, he is he's not flashy. He he has very few like highlight real plays, but he is just so consistently great. I like I'm a Steelers guy, but I really respect the f out of Nick Chubb. I don't absolutely. know how you absolutely he right. absolutely man he's um I I use this anecdote sometimes, but like I, I I've covered one Pro Bowl and you know all the best players in the NFL. And it was when it was like not AFC, NFC, it was like drafted teams or mixed teams or whatever. And in the locker room, these are all the best players. But then there was like a hierarchy. And it was Drew Brees and JJ Watt that like Jamal Charles was like, oh my God, I can get Drew Brees' autograph. You know, like the greats among the greats. I feel like all these guys are tough and all these guys are physical specimens. But then there are just like some people. Micah Parsons, Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. you know, Nick Chubb is one of those dudes. Yeah. Like he's just, it's like, it's like, it's like Eric Dickerson is playing football in this era. Like he feels like time travel. Um, He's awesome. I think, I think he's like your favorite football player's favorite football player. And I'm saying this about the Browns, like their season shot after losing a running back, which is supposed to be a fungible position while they have what many believe to be a, one of the three or four best defensive players in the league and the highest paid quarterback. And I don't think I'm wrong. Well, Sean like, Watson looks completely busted. That is a, I mean. I told you that. I said, I don't care what he did three years ago with the Texans. The guy looks mentally shot to me. That's what he looked like last year in those final six games. And no I, one I wanted to believe that you. those final I six games. I agree with you about what he looked like last year. I just thought that he was going to, I mean. Snap out of it. The light was yes. going to come back on for him. No. Nope. Yeah. That's, that, dude. I, and and that's why, and that's why all they could do mental. was Kareem Hunt. That's why they couldn't go out and get Jonathan Taylor or something like that. They don't have the draft picks. His cap hit goes way up at $63 million next year. The dead money is over $200 million. They are stuck with this guy. They yeah. thought the bargain there was our fans won't care because he's so good. And we don't care that we're going to alienate people right away. They'll come back around as soon as this guy is great again. And he's not. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, that's the thing. He's not, it's not like he's like, oh, he's not great. He's not keeping up with Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and Lamar or whatever and and Lawrence. It's like, he's not Dak. He's not Kirk Cousins. Like he is not, he's not a starting caliber player but he's the highest paid player. You know what I mean? Like he, he is objectively terrible. I think you gave me some, some crap. I, I said, it reminded me of Carson Wentz. I think you can lose it like that. I think that happens in the NFL. Yeah. There's I mean, Wentz, a- Wentz was hurt. That was what I pushed back on. Like, you know what I mean? I thought that like he had kind of embraced it and moved on and the, you know, it, it's, he's not getting protested anymore. He's not getting booed. He's not even getting asked about it. Like, you know what I mean? I just I thought he was going to bounce back. And so far, I'm looking very wrong. You called Chargers-Vikings the first playoff game of the season. Oh, yeah, here we go. Which team losing would be the bigger story? Well, the Commanders. Yeah. 
Okay, so here's the argument for the Vikings. The argument for the Vikings losing is this. If they're 0-3, then the Kirk Cousin rumors heat up. Yep. And the quarterback-hungry teams are going to look at Kirk Cousins because Minnesota has a way to get out of that contract after this season. So that would that would be the compelling part of the Minnesota loss. We know what the Chargers' story is if they lose. It's how does this coach find a way to lose again with all this talent and with that quarterback? So, you know, that would be a polarizing thing. But I think for us, the most interesting thing would be, okay, now can we connect teams to Kirk Cousins? Can an in-season trade of a quarterback work? What would a team have to give up to get him? So that's why I'm answering Vikings. Um, I agree with everything you said about Cousins. Like, And by the way, he is the type of quarterback that I think an in-season trade could work. Like, he clearly very smart, good at executing a game plan. If you watch the quarterback show, studies his ass off. But I thought he kind of came off as a creature of habit. And if you if you mess with that routine and have something like uh, some massive change occur in a season with him, like, it's going to just throw him off all the way. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think that a lot of teams... I mean, A, a lot of teams are running a version of that offense, right? O'Connell's off the McVay, off the LaFleur, off the, you know, the, off the Shanahan, you know, like they're all on that tree right now. Like a third of the teams in the league, at least, are running some version of that. So there could there could be a fit uh, with that. And he would transfer the habits. It would be about learning the new offense. Um, the Chargers... To me, like from the pure the team, because it was like what team losing would be the bigger story. It's the Chargers. They lost their first two games by five points. A lot of us think, yeah, they can't win the division, but they can make if they make the playoffs, they can win the Super Bowl because they've got one of the best rosters in the NFL and they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And they'd be the team that if they got in, nobody would want to play them. And I believe that. But if the Chargers lost, It'd be very difficult to see them making the playoffs, obviously. And also, Brandon Stanley, first coach fired, feels almost inevitable. You know, so like, I don't know that Kirk Cousins gets traded if it falls apart because he is producing at a high level and it's the NFC. And you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm not positive that happens, but I think I become it, it becomes a near certainty that a coach gets fired, even if it's not in season. But like Brandon Staley's done if they miss the playoffs. So I think the ramifications for the Chargers is massive too. And I just think that their ceiling is higher than Minnesota's. Like I, I flatly think they're a better team. I, I think they're gonna win. I bet them plus one and a half. All right, Danny, the next one here. Yeah. Colts, Ravens. Anthony Richardson's questionable in this game. Now, Boomer Siason, does he still do a show with you guys? Is that still happening? It does not. I, okay, does so I'm, not. I'm spilling tea that I sh- should put back in the cup here. Anyways, he used to do a show with you. We yeah. both know Boomer. We both love Boomer. He, he made the point on his radio show this week that guys like Anthony Richardson should probably not be playing right now. 
Because when you look at Justin Fields in Chicago, your guy, uh, you look at Zach Wilson in New York, if those guys would have sat their first year or two, it would have led to, you know, obviously much better than what those guys have shown so far and what they're doing right now. What do you make of that? This is a former NFL MVP who played the position saying that these guys getting rushed because of impatience by owners is having a huge detrimental uh, effect on their careers. You buy it? No. Um, I don't. I think that it's circumstantial at best. You know, I think that Mahomes benefited from sitting behind Alex Smith, but I'm not at all convinced that that Chiefs team at some point during that year would not have had a much higher ceiling if Pat Mahomes would have been playing than Alex Smith. And Alex Smith had been winning 10 and 11 games and take him to the playoffs for four years before Mahomes got there. Now, Mahomes' credit sitting is helping him and credits Alex Smith and says all the right things, but talent is talent. And But what if, like, Jordan Love had to play from his rookie year? Well, that's what and I'm it- saying, though, right? Like, it's, it's a case by case. Dude, I told you that I thought Anthony Richardson needed to sit, and I'm normally a play-em guy. Like, do I, you feel that what Boomer said about Justin Fields has validity? Yes. So, like, here's when I would play the quarterback immediately. It would be the majority of the time. But if I am a GM and a coach who are not in lockstep and I don't have 100% faith in my offensive coach and my offensive system, and hopefully my head coach is my offensive system, like, the Bears played fields in an Andy Dalton offense in a make-or-break year for Matt Nagy when everybody was getting fired. Terrible idea. The last Bears quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, they played Mitch Trubisky when they benched Mike Glennon in a Dow Loggins offense when everyone knew they were going to fire John Fox. So now he plays in an offense at North Carolina, then a Dow Loggins offense, then a Matt Nagy offense. Then Justin Fields plays in a Ryan Day offense at Ohio State, then a Matt Nagy offense that he's rushed into, and now he's in a Luke Getze offense. So it's three offenses in three years. But if I, you know, uh, if the Dolphins drafted a quarterback tomorrow and I had 100% faith that Mike McDaniel was my dude and they drafted a quarterback in the top 10, trial by fire, baby. Most valuable thing in the NFL is a good quarterback on a rookie contract. It's the easiest way to build a team that wins. Yeah. I I don't. If I had stability, if I had stability, I would play him. I thought that Richardson was too raw to play. Uh, but I, I told it to you last week, man. I know a lot of it was garbage time, but CJ Stroud has a 380 yard passing game. Richardson looks poised. Like, they're throwing these guys to the wolves and they're getting valuable experience. I I, I am on board with that. I, I, I told you my conspiracy theory that it's because you got great quarterbacks in next year's draft and the Cub and the Colts could just always punt on Richardson after one year and draft one of those guys if he was bad. So they wanted to use all 17 games to figure that out this season. It is interesting to me, just a quick, quick aside here. Gardner Minshew has 45 touchdowns and 15 interceptions in his career in a passer rating of 94. Those are objectively great numbers. And it's, 
And it's like, outside of being a, like a quarterback on a horrible Jags team for that one year, he's just pretty much been a backup. You know, and I just, I, I always thought this year that because Steichen worked with him in Philly, so he knew the system, and given Richardson's rawness, that they were just going to let Minshew play at the at for 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 a lot of the year, and he was going to be uh, I, 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 there's there's a fascination on my part with how this guy looks in their offense starting Sunday against Baltimore if Richardson doesn't play. Texans Jaguars Trevor Lawrence twenty eighth in QBR. He's behind the aforementioned Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. He's also behind Zach Wilson. You expect him to cook right against Houston. Well, he has to, but like, what do you make of the fact that there's been no? Is is this just one of the times where the where a stat is misleading, or do you think that there's actually some things about Lawrence through two games that would make you question him more? I mean, you're a resident Trevor Lawrence lover, so I kind of push that back on you. So I think that. Trevor Lawrence has everything in the world as a physical tool to play the position. But sometimes I have been underwhelmed with, frankly, between the ears, with the with some of the decision-making, the brains, the post-snap processing, that sort of thing. And I thought he was fine in week one against Indy. You know, 240 yards, two touchdowns. Then last week... It was just a weird game, and it was the Chiefs' defense looks really good, and it was not impressive. He was very inefficient, struggled, looked looked frustrated, body language was bad, the whole thing. I think he's very talented, but something's missing. You know what I mean? Like, something's missing. But it's not the physical skill set. It's just not. Hmm. Like, so I'm left like, and it's not the coaching anymore. And it's not, and he's got Calvin Ridley, who looks amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think Trevor Lawrence will be great. I've said that since he was in college. But it sounds like you think he's overrated right now. I do. He it's it's and I my the only thing that I can conclude is that. It has to be something with his football brain that he is like, I don't want to say he's like like dumb or like a me. I don't know him like that, you know, but like, it's such a huge part of quarterbacking. Snap the ball, get it out. Be accurate. You don't have to throw a fastball every single time. You know, like it, if I needed a quarterback to throw a 20 yard out route, like a drive it and throw it through. Like he might be my first pick in the entire league to make that throw. He's got unbelievable arm talent, but the production just isn't there. So yeah, he is a little overrated right now, objectively. Let's leave it right there. Cause I'm not going to be able to top that. All right. Uh, enjoy um, Kansas city and all the barbecue. We're in two great places this week. I'm in Vegas. You're going back to Kansas city. Uh, I look forward to after the Monday night doubleheader recapping both of those games and talking to you about your trip and and your trip, uh, man. Hopefully yeah, I will have uh, recovered. 
from well, mine and, by I the mean, time we, we talk. And the, and the Monday night games are huge. Like, can 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 Tampa go? Like, who goes to three and zero? Philly a big favorite. injury. Yeah. Bur- Burrow's injury, and they can go to zero and three. We don't know if he's going to play. So, huge doubleheader, man. Thank you to Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review. First and pod. Peace.